0: Welcome. This is Perspective for Parents. My name is Nick Thompson, and this is a podcast for parents of adolescents. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Creating a sacred study space. Here we are, season two. We decided to have the seasons correspond to the school year, and not the calendar year. So a new school year has started, so this is season two. To start this new season, I thought it'd be a great idea to talk about the importance of creating a sacred study space. I got so into this topic over the weekend, dove deep, deep over the weekend on this one. And because of that deep dive, and all the goodies I came across, that is the reason why this topic is being released as a six part series. This series will be about the importance of and a how to on creating a space that is dedicated to. And when I say dedicated to, I'm talking about an exclusive dedication to studying and other academic work. I'm here to tell you having a sacred study space is important no matter whether your child is doing remote learning or if they're attending school in person or hybrid or whatever. Okay, to start, let's look at that word, sacred. I find it to be such an appropriate, such an apt word for what our students need, whether they're in a Zoom class, taking an online assessment, or spending time studying some other academic work. One of the many things I liked about what Brandon Slade said in his interview a few weeks ago was when he brought up, when he talked about not using the term homework time. Because so often, students will just say that they don't have any homework. So it's better to use the term academic time or study time. Okay, so back to the word sacred. Definition time. Sacred means devoted exclusively to one service or use, entitled to reverence and respect, and highly valued and important. Yes, let's make these spaces, these sacred spaces, devoted exclusively to academic work. Make them spaces entitled to respect and reverence, and make them spaces that are highly valued and important. In order to do this, we must optimize these sacred study spaces with suggestions supported by research that will allow your child to be much more productive. And the beautiful thing is, with that increased productivity comes better moods, better grades, and a better overall family energy at home. So all these things that I'll be sharing, they're suggestions, they're recommendations. but... These recommendations are backed by some level of research. With that said, I hope you and your child use what you like and dismiss what you don't. And that your child is able to make the space their own. These things, these categories that I'm going to talk about, they may seem small, but I promise you, they are not. And because I can't help myself, I created an acronym. And the acronym just so happens to be the word SACRED. So this part, part one of the series, will be dedicated to the S of SACRED. And the S stands for SPECIFIC. Specific space. We need to start by picking a specific space so that we can set the scene. In my opinion, your child's sacred study space must be in one. Specific location. Now, why is that so important? Well, because of how the brain works. The brain can be very lazy. If it had its druthers, everything that we did every day would be automatic. It just wants things to be habitual. That's how it conserves energy. Depending on who you ask, anywhere from 40 to 90% of what we do on a daily basis is habitual. Meaning we don't have to think about it. The brain doesn't have to expend a whole lot of energy to make it happen. And an important note, the sneaky and not-so-great part about the brain is that it doesn't care whether the habit is healthy or unhealthy, good for us or bad for us. It doesn't care. That's where we come in. Self-awareness comes in. We get to decide what to introduce and then repeat And if we repeat something enough, it will become a habit. Okay, so to break that down a bit more, how the brain works is that it looks for five different cues to know what to do. Or I should say, what habit to do. And the more cues a habit is tied to, the stronger the habit becomes. And the quicker it will take hold. This stuff I'm sharing about the the five cues is from Charles Duhigg's phenomenal book, The Power of Habit. Link in the show notes. I've shared this before, but it bears repeating. So the five cues are these: first cue, what time is it? Second cue, what did you just do? Third, who are you around? Fourth, what emotion are you feeling? And fifth and final. Drum roll, please. Where are you? So, that fifth and final cue is all about location. And for the habit of task initiation, focus, sustaining effort, and all the other executive functioning skills needed to do school and do it well, I believe location is one of, if not the most important of the five cues. And yes, you heard me right. Task initiation, attention, focus, sustaining effort, memory, productivity. All of these things are habits. And because they're habits, they can be learned. Okay, S, specific. Sitting in a specific space, known as a sacred study space, at a specific time. Hopefully, your child's remote learning is scheduled at specific times. These two specifics, time and location, will work together to cue the mind to focus, pay attention, and get productive. But in order to make that possible, this space needs to be sacred. Meaning that when you enter that room, when you sit in that chair, you have decided to be productive. I tell young people all the time, if you must take a break from focusing on school, leave the space. Because the last thing that you want is for your mind to associate that space with distraction or pleasure. Our students' minds need to know that when they're in that space, that sacred space, it's time to get down to business. I guess I should say, get down to doing school. Research shows the importance of location in learning in so many different ways. But one specific way is shown by research about Context-dependent learning. Context-dependent means that you'll remember something more in the place where you first learned it. It's easier to access, it's easier to bring up in the mind if you're in the location where you learned it. This is one of the many reasons why it's so important that the sacred space be in a specific space. And I'm gonna throw in an important note with this with this series. Please don't think that putting in the time and energy to create this space will be a waste of your time. Please don't do the calculation that it won't be worth the energy if you or your child is not expecting to be doing the remote learning thing for too long, or even if your child is starting on-site and never ends up doing remote. Even if those things are the case, I believe strongly it's still a great idea. For your child to have a sacred study space at home. All right. So in terms of picking the specific location, here's some ideas. Ideally, the space would be its own room. Now, I realize that many, if not most, don't just have a free room. They just don't have a a, a guest room, whatever that can be turned into a study space. That's fine. Totally fine. Let's get creative. Maybe there's an enclosed porch or large laundry room, large closet, maybe a shed in the backyard, maybe even a little spot under the stairs, I am well aware that there may be limitations in terms of having a dedicated room. Again, that's fine. If that's the case, some other options are getting a room divider, having a part of a room be the sacred study space. The space could be an unused or underutilized corner of a room, of a larger room. Location matters. Our environments matter. I practice what I preach. I believe so strongly in creating spaces conducive to different energies. It is an integral part of my life. Reading, learning years ago just how significant our environments are and how they impact us has changed my life. Right now, I wish you could see it. I'm sitting in my office. I get it. I'm very fortunate to have an office to be productive. But I wanted to bring it up so that I could talk about and emphasize the importance of environments in small spaces. I'm going to briefly describe how I've organized the small office to show you that you don't need a whole lot of square footage to create different spaces with different energies. My office. Is about 200 square feet. And I kid you not, within this space that I sit in right now, I have a separate workout area with a workout bench, dumbbells, kettlebell, pull-up bar, stationary bike. And in addition to the mini gym, I have six, count them, six different sitting areas for different activities that require different energies. All of it existing within 200 square feet. Okay, so I have my work desk against the back wall. This is where I do emails and other administrative work. That's one. Second energy area. I have a small couch facing the window where clients used to sit prior to COVID. That's my relaxing area. If I want to send a text or if I want to check a score on my phone, call a friend... And as I think about it, pretty much anything done on my phone, I will sit on that little couch. That's sort of the the distraction zone. Next spot. The spot I'm currently sitting in. I'm sitting in this little accent chair on the west side of the office. And this is my podcast chair. When I sit in this chair, I am recording this podcast. Right next to this area, to my left, is a leather chair. The granddaddy, it faces south. This is where I would sit during in-person sessions pre-COVID. But now, it's my writing chair. That's where I write. Then, there's a small flip-down wall desk against the east wall. This is where I do telemedicine appointments because it's near the window. Okay, I think that's five. And finally, six, I have this little small meditation bench that sits below this podcast chair I'm sitting in, and I'll pull that out in the middle of the room and sit on it while, yep, you got it, meditating. So I wanted to share that, not as some weird flex or uh, aren't I cool communication, but just to show how a small area can be designed and optimized to create many different areas that allow for different energies, different energies used for different activities. Okay, so I just mentioned having that flip down desk to be closer to the window. Love that little thing. I did that because lighting is so important. So, in setting up your child's sacred study space, if you can, have the space be near a window. That natural light is really good for us, getting some of that valuable vitamin D, maybe even opening up the window to get some fresh air. Check this out. In a study looking at how natural light impacts students in school, the results showed that students who had a lot of natural light showed an improved mood, increased alertness, and even improved behavior. And if you think I'm crazy I'm full of it, a link to that study will be included in the show notes. So if being near a window isn't possible... Try to be aware and intentional in arranging lighting to make sure the space is illuminated adequately. And just a quick note, maybe a fun, interesting note on color temperature. Studies have shown that cool light, so that's light that is a little more, I guess, bright and blue in its hue, that cool light is better for focus and productivity. And warm light think fire-like sort of orange and red is better for creating a calm environment and it's better for creativity. Just an idea. You could get one of those, um, uh, those led bulbs or, or, lights that you can actually change the color temperature of so that your, your child could select the desired energy for a particular task. And finally on the, uh, on the specific location, Try to have it be away from the hustle and the bustle of the highways of the home. Have the location allow for enough quiet and enough privacy for your child to feel comfortable, maybe in their virtual classes if they have those. I understand you as a parent, only you know how much privacy is too much privacy in terms of what's needed to keep your child focused and on task. But I'll tell you, If you take the advice that I share in the E part of this series, entitled Eliminate Distractions, you may find out that if your child can manage or eliminate distractions, it is likely that you can allow for more privacy in that sacred space than you may have previously thought possible or prudent. Okay, so that was the S in sacred. Make sure the space is a specific space. Again, hopefully your child's school provides the specificity in terms of the time, but the school may not be providing the space currently. So it's your child's opportunity to experience the benefits of having a specific space that gets the mind and body ready. Ready to be focused ready to be positive, positive and productive. And next up, part two of this series, which will be the A of sacred. The A is for access. And this part will focus on the importance of your child having everything they need for school readily accessible within reach. Thank you for listening If you found this podcast useful, please subscribe, rate, review, and share with a friend. If you would like to find more information about this podcast or my upcoming presentations, please check out my website, perspectiveforparents.com. Spelled out, that's perspective, the number for parents.com. Thanks again.